Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Tonight's positional preview will be the offensive line. Fun discussion laying ahead of us. Want to thank our sponsors real quickly. Um, the legendary team of Chad and Shannon, 844 FSU loan, 500 plus listeners now have gotten a loan through those two gentlemen. Uh, awesome experience and the numbers speak for themselves. So um, let's talk about a group that kind of similar to a group we're about to talk about as well has gone through as dramatic a transformation as you could hope for. Uh, maybe not one of the better units in the country, but miles. And I do mean like country miles yeah. from where it was in recent offensive line previews that we've done. So fun conversation in front of us, in my opinion. Do you remember sitting there in that first Willie year? And we're like, all right, so they're definitely not going to get the Josh Ball thing approved. And then what's his name went down in practice, and we're like, oh, dude, this is this is rough. Like, like if, if this if this guy doesn't get back, they're they're screwed. You know, I, they they're just so much better than they used to be. It's it's certainly not an elite unit. Um, I'll just jump here off the bat. Don't want to be negative. Do want to kind of set parameters for this discussion. When people say this is the number three offensive line in the country, y'all are smoking crack. Okay, like that. I'm serious here. Like, like, please, please seek help. Uh, they are extremely experienced as an offensive line. They were very much improved last year. I think they have the chance to be better than a lot of people actually think if they play you know, to their ceiling, but yeah, like let, let's, let, let's set sort of the basis for, for last year. Um, so you had a couple guys who played almost all the snaps on the season and get Gibbons played 704. Uh, Marie Smith, your, your center played 694 and Demetri Manuel played 691. So that's basically, you know, almost the, the entire season, you know, not, Did not Rob any... Scott miss any swaths. He had to be North of 650 or so. What was his number? Uh, so th these are these are pre bowl games. So for most teams, I cut my power ratings off before the bowl game. So I, I I've been working on my power ratings all day. Okay. Um. So basically, if you played in the bowl game, add like what? How many snaps in that game? Sixty five ish. So probably safe number. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Scott missed about like a game and a half worth of games. I think roughly relative to some of the other guys, he definitely got hurt against Louisville. Remember that because he went down. Who didn't? Who didn't? Jordan, dog. Yeah. Uh. Jor Jordan went down. Exactly. And then Darius Washington uh, pre-bowl played like 300-something. Uh, so he played 18 snaps at center and about 140 on, on the left side and 180 at, at, at right tackle. Um, if you look at this last year, if you look at like the sustained block rate, the blown block rate that you can get from like Sports Info Solutions, the, uh, the pressure rate allowed relative to position, what you saw is – I think a, a fairly well-coached unit that is much improved from where it was last year and a unit that I think is, uh, certainly is, but was probably top half in college football last year, I think. We, we, we would say like it definitely ascended into the top 60. And I think even within a power five, there's what, 60, 68 power five teams. I, I think you could safely say that last year it was roughly a top 35 or so unit. Um, now, people would, might quibble with that, but... LSU had an excellent defensive line. So did the Louisville. Uh, Wake Forest had 
you know, one guy drafted and one guy who's transferring and, and is going to, you know, start for, for Oklahoma. NC State had some dudes. Clemson definitely had some dudes. You know, Miami had some dudes. Remember how Spurrier used to say, like, uh, what 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 team did he talk about? Like, it was South Carolina or Tennessee? He's like, they're, they're just like the best darn team. It just doesn't seem to play well when they play us uh, type type line. You know, back in the day. Um, and then Florida, uh, they didn't really have a ton of dudes there, but they they actually played well at times. So you, you had a decent schedule of defensive lines you played. And, I, I mean, I, I have some – I don't know. I'm not going to bore everybody with offensive line stats. We, we actually like like having good listener numbers. But, man, interior pressure, like assigned to the interior guys, was relatively low. Uh, Emmanuel had, had like a very low uh, like whiff rate where it just doesn't touch anybody. So that was encouraging. I kind of like his awareness that they picked him up from Charlotte last year. You know, Gibbons – Sort of the same thing. Not the most athletic guy. Certainly played hurt a lot, as as I, I know we both know. You know tackle uh, was was really kind of the problem. You know, you had you had Jazz Turrentine, who was not a. First of all, he was absolutely a blessing that they that they got him in and used the last scholarship on him. But he did struggle at times, and then Rob Scott, especially when when like when when he got hurt, uh, I mean, allowed a pressure rate of over four percent. Darius Washington, who was certainly hurt for a lot of the year, pressure rate of over four and a half percent. So I think it's easier to hide your tackles or excuse me, to, to hide your interior guys in his tackles. And, and we definitely saw that like offensive line is a weak link system. Typically, like you're not as good as your best guy. You're, you're good as your worst guy. And their worst guys last year were frequently whoever was playing the, the offensive tackle position. So I'm curious, you know, to see how much better they can be this year at, at that spot. And they really, they kind of have to be if this team wants to get to where, you know, people in, in the Tampa Knowles club ask us about going, right? I mean, that was part of, I think your answer, or my answer. They're going to win a national title, which I don't think either of us think that they're going to win it, win a national title, but like, that was the question like what has to happen. Some things definitely have to happen here at tackle. Like you're not going to get there r- running a 4% pressure rate al- allowed from both tackle spots. Just that's not going to work. Yeah, agree. And at the same time, there's reason uh, not to think that you're going to be elite, but to think that you could be better than you would have imagined. Uh, might not have ever really gotten a chance to see your best tackle last year. You know, I mean, the, mm-hmm. the more that I watch, I'm not trying to hype a kid up too much. The more that I watch practice and scrimmage, uh, bless Harris is legit. I mean, bless bless Harris is a exciting player who I think if he's healthy, you can have reason for. Uh, that improved level of play potentially coming from him. Um, we could probably spend two or three minutes talking about where Byers is best deployed and what that means if he's playing either guard or tackle. But, you know, Byers is, is cut from a little bit of a different cloth when it comes to just the physical specimen ability. Um, those two dudes are your tackles, at least until, you know, R- Rob Scott has a chance to come back and fully make a run at regaining his position, etc. Um, I think you have reason to be optimistic in the long term that uh, those two guys could bring you a, a pretty decently uh, raised level of play. Uh, and if you're new to the show, impressive. if you're new to the show or if you're somebody who kind of takes the offseason off, right? You're probably like, who the hell is Bless Harris? Who Who is Jeremiah Byers? Plus, Harris is a kid they got last year 
from a lower division school called Lamar. And he came in. He was going to be one of the starting tackles, although he was kind of raw. He does the whole separated shoulder thing, if I recall, in the first game. So he's going to miss the game against uh, LSU and the rest of the year, which is why they had to have Jazz uh, turn team make the emergency start there against LSU. Jeremiah Byers was a first-team all-conference USA player for UTEP who not quite as long as Bless, I don't think, but like he's very, very built. I'll throw this one at you. And, and, and you mentioned it obviously, like maybe in the longer term of the year, Rob Scott's able to get back, uh, you know, fully. I, I, Norvell's mentioned kind of, you know, how they're trying to work him back in. True or false? They need Jeremiah Byers to play close to his like 80th or 90th percentile of what he can be if they want to stay in the playoff race through September. Yeah, most likely. I mean, I don't, I don't think I need to overthink that too much. I mean, LSU's line is LSU's line, um, and Clemson. You're still talking about a school that has great pieces out there. Now, whether or not they play like it, we'll see. But you're talking about a game that that team, that program, has been able to schedule on their calendar for eight or nine months now. You're gonna get it at night. You're gonna get everything that that atmosphere has, and, um. Part of that is having tackles who have the ability to play in an environment like that and and trust themselves to be able to do that. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't think I should probably overthink that. I, I should just think, yeah, that's definitely what you'll need. Um, you know, this is an interesting schedule. If you could get through that first four, either two and zero or one and one, then you don't want to be presumptuous. You don't want to overlook anybody. You don't want to be disrespectful you've got a series of games in which you could probably play with that offensive line a little bit and try to figure out, you know, if you're starting five and by that, I mean, you're starting five that you're coming out of the blocks with uh, here, you know, maybe it's still the same starting five. Maybe it's somebody lines up a different position. Maybe it's Casey Roddick ends up being a, a guard in time. Um, We'll just have to see, you know, you brought a lot of impressive physical specimens in, in the portal. And so far, a lot of the, uh, Domestic talent has fought those kids off, but it's it's going to be a battle. It's going to be fun to watch. That they are uh, for, in, in a weak link system like the offensive line. I have not felt as good about the floor, and I'm going to, you know, knock on wood here. I, I have not felt as good about the floor of the offensive line in probably close to a decade, honestly, uh, in, in terms of having seven or eight guys who I feel reasonably confident can play at a level that will allow me to win almost all the games in conference. And then you have certain dudes like, I mean, look, look at Jalen, look, look at Julian, like guys like that, who, if that's your eight and nine guys who we do project to eventually uh, most likely assuming that they are continuing to progress upon the same trajectory and pace that they have been on, that likely evolve into multi-year starters for you. Like, I believe you have a future NFL player on your roster. Where you're not even talking about playing, and that's a damn yeah. good thing. You need to let some of those some of those things incubate. You need to let them have time. And uh, the fact that you can get a kid like Simmons on campus and not have to worry about rushing him even into a two-deep type situation, I think it's great. And I think it's probably the best thing you could do for somebody like that long-term. Completely agree. Uh 
So some things that, that I, I thought last year gave this this group trouble. Uh, this is not insider information. If I have this, I guarantee you that that teams like LSU and Clemson who employ like eight or ten analysts who are professional like football evaluators and all they do is grind tape. Uh, and they're definitely going to grind tape of the, the top team that you play on the schedule. They certainly have this too. Uh, speed off the edge, which, hey, like that's kind of common sense. But uh, the group that you had last year at the tackle spot really did struggle with that. I am curious, like A, guard body type thing versus tackle body, B, injury, how much can be attributed to that? I, I definitely do not think that it was, you know, all technique. Um, pass protection in obvious passing downs is something that, that needs to improve for this group. They they need to be able to give Jordan Travis a little bit longer uh, when the opponent knows that he's going to throw the football. I also, in, in looking at this, you can kind of do splits like time to immediate pressure. And while I do think that Alex Atkins' group is much better coached than it was in prior years, and he's done a great job of it, and communication has certainly improved. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll do credit, certainly. And they, they continue to get better. Again, this should be the best offensive line in about you know a, a decade or so. They did have too many instances where they allowed like immediate pressure and those do have a correlation. We know turnovers are random, mostly the immediate pressure stuff where like somebody is on you, you don't really have a chance to make a move because the line either just got whipped immediately or they miscommunicated something and, and didn't pick up something. Uh, those situations from what I can tell, do have a stronger correlation to causing turnovers and they certainly are drive killers. So if you're going to tell me that, that this is the number three offensive line in the country due to experience, which I guess I, I think Phil Steele had him as, as that or something like that's, again, I do think this is a, a good offensive line. I mean, experience I can buy. I mean, Meech yeah. is, Meech has been playing football for a long Meech. damn time. You know, there's a lot of, a lot Meech. of snaps on there. Definitely. Yeah. Like Meech might get a home loan soon. Uh, I, Honestly, like, like like Chad and Shannon, cut, like hook him up, man. Um, if, uh, Chad or Shannon were to sit down with me, she would get a home loan shortly thereafter. I look, can promise you. Look Impressive at that. kid. Um, I, I want to see that experience pay off in terms of if you beat me, you need to beat me physically. Having very few mental mistakes, right? Play to that experience level. Do not allow the immediate penetration because you miscommunicated something. A couple games to me stand out like that. Kind of for different reasons. Uh, Clemson and Florida are, are are the main two there where they just had some guys immediately. I know NC State got a, a total free runner a couple of times. And it's not like you're never going to have it happen. That's that's not uh, particularly realistic. But uh, I do think that, uh, that that is an area which needs to improve. Short yardage, also something which I think uh, maybe we talk about Casey Roddick here, honestly, because of how much bigger he is and you know, replacing Dylan Gibbons, him at the guard spot to me makes a lot of sense. I mean, that that's a big dude. And I know Colorado was horrendous last year, but that's a nice pull by, by FSU, uh, you know, with, with Derek Ray, a guy who was, uh, was out there in the Pac 12 and probably saw him before. Big dude. Um, you brought him in, I think, with the idea of being your center. That didn't work out, at least not as of yet. Haven't seen anything to make me think that's going to change. Um, yeah, just a big physical guy. Uh, you'll like this, bud. Like 
exceptionally strict uh, with his diet, uh, takes things very seriously, um, doesn't, you know, is here is here to have a season and go try to be a professional football player uh, and is pretty, pretty singular focused in, in the very small observations uh, or opportunities that I've had to, to judge. Uh, but an impressive kid who, you know, if we're just playing a video game here, we're not, but it's, if we're just playing a video game with how strong, blah, 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 you would have loved for this guy to have been your starting center. That, that's, that would have been it, you know, come in for sure. Uh, didn't work out. And it'll be interesting to see what it looks like as guard. I think uh, depending, you know, it just depends on when Scott becomes back, what he's level he's at. And man, if you're four and O and you've handled the challenges that come from playing LSU and Clemson, it's going to be tough to shake that offensive line a whole lot up either. You know, I mean, you don't, you don't lose your job to injury except people lose their job to injury all the damn time. It's just an unfortunate thing about sports as much as coaches may say otherwise. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. Uh, I am really excited to see what this unit looks like. I'm not trying to blow smoke though. What really makes me realize how special this, this unit uh, has gotten relatively speaking, speaking to where it's come from. I'm not trying to gas it up too much, but like, I don't know how much we're going to see Schrader or Estes this year, uh, but those dudes will flash at practice. I mean, Schrader blocked a, a defensive lineman's ass off that the the beat rightfully so can't stop talking about uh, on a couple of plays that I watched, and and Estes will flash as well. There are, you know, there are nice pieces up front, and there are nice pieces right behind them too. This is a legitimate unit of uh, ten or eleven guys that. You know, as you're fond of saying, if they have to come in and play, you don't have to like fully rework the what you're trying to do schematically. It's not uh, to the layman. If you lose your guard in the second quarter, I don't think all of a sudden you're going to sit there and be like, oh, my Lord, we can't, you know, all of a sudden you can't block the interior. We can't do anything where we pull, etc. cetera. Um, it's a it's an impressive unit. And there's not a whole lot that Alex Atkins doesn't put his thumb on and uh, it improved dramatically in this position group is, is probably the most, um, you know, the primary piece of evidence of that. You want more evidence? I mean, like I, you, you mentioned it, obviously Schrader and Estes, dude, like Simmons in prior years, you can't tell me that kid would not have been pushed into duty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. J Jalen would have i think armella certainly mm -hmm. by now in prior armella would be starting in any any other iteration of this offensive line over the past five or six years yeah one 100 i mean like that that's a really good reason i, I think to to feel better uh, a couple other things just going through notes of things that i was like okay based on like our reviews of last year's games i want to force guys to blitz this team more because they can't get home with four. I would like to see the pressure rate allowed against three and four, but especially three uh, man rushes go down. If you look at some of Jordan's stuff, some of his, and we covered this a little bit on the first episode, but we're trying not to do you know, half an hour on each position group because that does take quite a long time to listen to if you're trying to binge watch this in the week leading up to the game. We have some other fun, cool episodes coming for you too. Some of his stuff, like some of Jordan's performance against three-man rush, so drop eight type stuff, was a little bit lower than expectation. And I, I do think that's because the pressure rate allowed against three-man rush uh, was was disappointing. And that 
I mean, if you're if you're a top 10 or top 20, but certainly if you really think you're a top 10 unit, you, you should be stonewalling three-man rushes consistently. Like that's communication. You, I mean, you basically have two doubles. If you keep a back end, you have, you know, technically three. Uh, granted, a lot, a lot of teams will 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 check the back and send them into the pattern. But regardless, need to see a little bit better with that. Like I, I want to see teams blitz Florida State more often. Uh, if you look at this, they actually were 10th in the nation uh, in terms of blitzes per drop back, right? Uh, which is which is kind of interesting. So I want to see, invite the blitz even more, see how they do, right? And, and, and to see, see that happen. Short yardage, um, we talked about, like they, they improved their stuff rate really well. I mean, they were 64th uh, in prior years. That was, you know, a, a, a ton. Penalties per game is something to improve. They were still 116th in offensive line penalties per game. So that's, you know, that's like bottom 10% in the nation. Uh, definitely need to see a little bit of that uh, go down. But um, yeah, man, I, I think this group is trending in the right direction for sure. And, and like nobody's going to have perfect stuff. I do think they're well coached. Clearly having Jordan in his legs as a part of the run game helps this group to be uh, to be solid as well. So I'm I'm excited about where this is going, man. And and you're doing a really nice job recruiting wise too uh, this year in what is a uh, kind of a poor offensive line crop nationally. They're they're making sure to get theirs, and I think it's important to keep that that flow of talent coming into Tallahassee. All right, man. This has been our offensive line preview. Again, want to thank our friends at Madison Social. LaborDayTailgate.com is the website there. LaborDayTailgate.com to join us at the LSU game. And CongruityHR.com is the website. Congruity Solutions been fantastic for the Battles in, been fantastic for the Nolcast, been fantastic for uh, about 15 or 16 other Florida State uh, influence business. I'll use that term. Uh, Bat Lewis, fantastic resource for us. Would be the same for you as well. Feel free to reach out to me on any form of social media if you would like a third-party introduction. But uh, for now, that's been the Offensive Line Preview.